Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. Before I pray, I was just thinking in worship, all of us are going to be living somewhere doing something with our lives. I am so glad I get to do it here with you. You are excellent people that love Jesus. Like you just, there is, this is a really great community. And I'm just grateful that I get to be a part of it and call you my friends and have my kids grow up around you. Like this is awesome. And there's just, it's not awesome everywhere. (laughs) It's just, everywhere is everywhere, but it's not awesome everywhere. And I'm just really grateful for what we have here. So Father, thank you so much for what you're doing here at the prayer room, what you've been doing for 17 years. And Lord, for this series that we're in, I pray that tonight you would use the conversation to stir hearts. Holy Spirit, awaken many to take on this subject of hearing your voice with a fresh vision of it. God, with with just such a laying hold, a refusing to be denied. Would you do something tonight? that causes hearts to reach so that this wouldn't just be a message, but this could be actually life-changing content. Holy Spirit, use the Word of God, use some stories, and touch hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Developing a forerunner culture. So uh, session eight, pressing in for the prophetic, is tonight's uh, session. And I'm thinking about the early days of this ministry and... I mean, this is another one of those. In fact, this was probably the big one. There were several that, that were all close to Tide uh, as far as how impacting the concept was. I don't necessarily mean a message. It was being talked about frequently. It was, it was a conversation uh, in our midst. Yes, it was messages on Thursday nights at those little Bible studies, but there were so many different conversations and points and follow-up conversations and dares and questions and rebukes and everything else. I mean, there was just so much going on in the early days related to learning how to hear God's voice. And this message, I want to tell you tonight, if you can say, or rather, if, you, if you're not able to yet say, I know how to hear God's voice pretty clearly, and I hear God pretty regularly, I want to tell you this message tonight can change your life. It can change your life. This is another one of those. It's The Word of God speaks so frequently, so loudly about a God who is alive, who talks to people, and it doesn't matter if you're cool, uncool, young, old, grew up in this background, grew up in that background, none of that matters. You're a human created in His image, and He likes you, and He wants to talk to you. And you actually hear Him. You actually know what He's saying, and and feel that and know what to do with it. This is a life-changing idea. And I, I just recognize that many that will hear this message tonight and others in our community and others that will hear it later grew up in contexts where the idea that God actually wants to talk to you and say words to you and you hear them and them be profound and awesome and and informative, and then you go do things with those words, and then they land. It works. I recognize that many of you grew up in contexts where 
that was not emphasized, even to the point where you might even say, I've never heard this. Uh, that was a fun reality, the way that the prayer room started was with a bunch of uh, 20-year-olds, really even 18, 19-year-olds, that had grown up in church context that this was not emphasized. And when I started talking about God has a voice and he actually wants to talk to you, little dumb you, like there's nothing special about you different than the next guy. God can talk to you. That was a life-altering revelation because it was either a mean lie or it was true, and if it's true, how could this be? And what will my life be like when I start to hear God talking? And so a group of 20-year-olds went on the journey of learning what does it look like when we actually now do hear God speaking to us. So these first couple of uh, Roman numerals are just me kind of laying down some of the groundwork. And then I'll... <coughs> talk through what the Word says about God's voice, and then I'll share a few stories and give us kind of a where do we go from here kind of a thing. So Job 33, 14. I just love this. I mean, this is Old Testament Job, for God does speak. Just any accusation that you would go, well, I don't know if really God speaks anymore. I don't know if God speaks to me. For God does speak. Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. There's, there's some mystery there because this is another one of those aspects of God where he's veiled on purpose so that the hungry get him and those that are content to not don't. He says, God is speaking. God does speak. He speaks this way. He speaks this way. But if you're not perceiving, if you're not paying attention, if you're not actually pressing in, leaning in to learn how to hear his voice, you can go your whole life and not hear his voice. But God does speak. You just weren't listening the way that the Word of God said to listen. This is a mystical and essential process. Now, if you don't hear anything else I say tonight, except Bible verses, always listen to those. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, I want you to hear this. This is important. This is a process. Most people don't get saved and instantly know how to hear God's voice and it be easy for them. That's just not the normal. I've met a few people that that's the case for, but it's kind of like one in a hundred. You and me are going to be the 99, okay? Just plan on being in the 99 group. What does it look like for the 99 group? It's a process. Now, the problem with it being a process is we're Americans and we hate process. We like instant food that's been processed. We like instant food that costs $1 and we get it instantly. We order it and we want to be able to yell at them if they didn't put pickles on it. Like we want quick, instant gratification. And we despise process. And if we despise the process that is necessary of learning how to hear God's voice, we will not learn how to hear God's voice. And I want to tell you, I have met many, many people that got frustrated in the process and quit and have learned to live content without the voice of God. It's unnecessary. It's unhealthy. It is not the will of God for your life. But he requires process, and we don't like process, so we quit. And we say, it was too frustrating. It didn't work. I tried it 20 times. What if you have to try it 2,000 times, and on the 2,000th time, you hear the voice of God? Worth it. 
Don't give up. It's a process. So process also means that there's, there's a learning curve. It, it, it actually doesn't go from zero to 60. It goes from zero to one mile an hour. And one mile an hour is better than zero, but you're frustrated that you didn't get a bump up to at least 20 miles an hour in, in one second. And then one mile an hour goes to two and, and so forth. It's a process. And so here's the thing. It is essential. This is the statement I want you to hear. It is essential that every believer in Jesus endures the process, signs up for the process and says, I will do whatever it takes. I will not be denied. I will learn how to hear the voice of God. It is essential that every believer do that. And I want to gander that there's probably some in our midst that have not yet made that level of commitment to the voice of God. You must make a commitment. I will hear his voice. I refuse to be denied. The Bible says I can hear it. I will hear his voice. You must make that decision, and then you must endure the pain of the process. Here's part of the reason it's painful. Part of the reason it's painful is because it's going to take a while. Part of the reason it's painful is because it's mystical. <laughs> Hearing God's voice is unlike any other thing I can compare in Christianity. It's just, I mean, there's probably something, but I can't think of anything that is more of a mystical journey trying to hear his voice and discern is that god is that was that nothing was that a coincidence was that me was that was that a little me a little coincidence a little god i mean it's it's mystical it's not tactile it's it's not as simple as tithing tithing is 10 percent. it's really simple there's no mystical nothing to it's 10 percent. but hearing god's voice it looks a little different and each of us are actually going to hear god's voice a little differently so even talking to your best friend and hearing how they hear God's voice, you can learn some things about the process, but it may not be the same for you as it is because it's an individual, unique relationship. Here's why I know God will speak to you. You're in a relationship with him. He died for you. You're in a relationship. What kind of relationship doesn't have communication? God wants communication with you, but he also says, I will not give it to you unless you're hungry. And I'll actually let you go your whole Christian life with just little snippets and whispers. And, and you'll, you'll have made it 20, 30, 50 years and have only had these little moments here and there. Because God in his kindness will still give out those little moments that weren't pursued. But they're rare. As opposed to pressing in and learning how to hear his voice can be your daily reality. That sounds a lot better, right? It is a mystical process it is essential, and it, it is difficult. I am so grateful. Oh, my gosh. I am so grateful that I put in all the effort. And I'll just tell you, from all my friends, it was hardest for me out of anybody I know. Anybody I know, learning how to hear God's voice was harder for me than anybody I know. I'm sure there's other people that it was harder for, but it was so hard for me. I can remember spending hours and hours a day for months and even a year or more trying to learn how to hear God's voice. I, it was so frustrating, but I saw it in the word and I knew it was real. I'm so glad I put in the work because now I hear God's voice and I don't have to wonder. I mean, I've still got all sorts of areas I'm growing in, even related to hearing his voice, but I know God's voice and I hear it regularly. And it's because it's a process that I saw and I said, I will not be denied. I will learn how to hear the voice of God. Anybody that will make that commitment and mean it, you'll get there. But 
It might not happen overnight. In fact, I want to tell you, it won't. It's a process. It's going to take some time. But I just, I got to go back to part B. Many forfeit this great blessing. I can't think of too many things better in life than being able to hear God. <laughs> I, like, that's better than, like, anything. Hearing God, knowing what God's wanting, what God's saying, what God's doing. This is really important. This is, like, the best thing ever. And I have watched so many people. Mostly it's not been theological arguments. It's mostly been discouragement about the process. That's what I've watched. I've watched people bail out, bail out early, bail out two or three or five steps in, but they didn't keep taking the steps. I've watched people bail out on learning how to hear God's voice because it's a bit mystical and that, that requires some like fortitude because you got to put up with parables. You got to put up with mystery. You got to put up with failure. You got to put up with, I tried this, it didn't work. I, you got to put up with, I know I heard God, but God allowed the circumstances to make it look like to everybody else on the planet that I was wrong. But I know it was God. And God's like, you were right. Well, why won't you tell anybody else? I want you to be frustrated. <laughs> why do you want me to be frustrated? Who are you in this for? Are you in this for you or are you in this for me? Oh, dang. This is... And I've just watched people get frustrated and stop. And again, two categories. Try it out a little bit and get frustrated and stop within the first week or two and just quit. Try it out, try it out, try it out, go months, and they're not making the progress that they want to see and quit. I've seen both. It's tragic because then for the rest of their life, they have to operate as though God doesn't speak. It's tragic. Every believer can hear the voice of God. Everybody with the Holy Spirit. Refuse to live without the voice of God in your life. That's Really, that ought to have been the title tonight. That should have been the title. Refuse to live without the voice of God. Refuse. And I just want to encourage some of you that are going, well, I kind of know a little bit. Press in. Let's get, that, let's get rid of the word little bit. Press in until it's a lot of bit. Press in. If you're like, maybe you found yourself, actually, you've taken some steps in the journey, and somewhere along the way, you didn't quit. You just kind of stopped pressing in for more. Press in for more. I'm convinced wherever we're at, we can go more. I'm watching even year to year. It's getting clearer for me because I'm pressing in. <laughs> I, I want the word of God written and in my head. I want to hear what God is saying. I want to be led by the Lord. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. There is nothing more defined as wisdom or understanding than the direction of God Almighty. Go for it. Get it. It is supreme. Press in. Do all you have. I gave you also the parable in Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Sell everything you have to make this happen. Your time, your dignity, your reputation... Sell everything and learn how to hear the voice of God. You know, when you can hear the voice of God, you have the living revelation you're never alone. We all have the theological understanding that we're not living, that we're never alone. They're like, are you ever alone? No, Jesus is with me. Great. What are you guys talking about right now? 
oh, well, we're not talking. I just, I know that he exists somewhere really, really far away. When you hear the voice of God, when you know how to hear his voice, you have the living feeling and revelation that you're never alone because he's with you. So it makes in line at the grocery store a different experience. I mean, I'm being real here. At the DMV, <laughs> waiting in line. When you're alone, when you're in your car, it changes your existence because you have the revelation. I mean, it's real as opposed to theological. You have a living revelation. He is with me and we can talk right now. That's, that's amazing. That's the best thing ever. That is way better than living our lives any other way. But it's not free. You got to press in. This is not an easy thing. And again, I'm telling you, my experience was miserable. I, oh gosh, I, I remember every day I would read Bible verses about God speaking and I'd look up and I'd say, why aren't you talking to me? And then I'd listen and I'd hear nothing and I'd be mad most of the time. And this went on for months and months and months and I was a very frustrated individual. But I didn't give up because the Bible said God speaks. So I just want to tell you, you can do this. And it won't be as hard for you as it was for me. And if it was, I'll let you preach next time. Okay? I, to this day, I have not met anybody that it was harder for to learn how to hear the voice of God than it was for me. So that's an encouragement, actually, because that means even if you find yourself and it's like, oh, this is really tough, this is really tough, you can get breakthrough too. And you will. I think the Lord actually set it up that way. There's sometimes, you know, this leader thing, is, it's not all it's cracked up to me. Because sometimes the Lord just wants to, like, make an example to help people out later. And I'm, like, you know, 18, 19 years old trying to hear the voice of God, having no idea that, like, I'm going to be teaching on this in 2023 to a room full of people. And the Lord's like, I do, so let's make it really hard. That way, nobody has an excuse because you'll tell them how bad it was for you, and I'll make it easier for all them, and... Plus, you'll be in a prophetic community, and there'll be a little sauce on it, and actually makes it easier for people just because they're in proximity to a ministry with the prophetic. Thanks, Jesus. Sweet. Let's press in to be those that are led by the Spirit. Look at this verse, Romans 8, 14, top of page 2. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It's different to be led by the Spirit and to be led by Bible teachings. Bible teachings are parameters for what we do and what we don't do. We don't ever operate outside of what the Bible says. But being spirit-led is very different than being Bible principle-led. We need Bible principles. They keep us in play. It's another way that the Lord speaks that's phenomenal. I mean, I would say... If you're going to default on anything, you don't hear how the voice of God, just read the Bible a whole lot. That'll, that'll get you a, a good ways there. But it's very different than I know Bible verses, I know what the Bible says versus a spirit-led life. What that means is the spirit is leading you day to day. You're hearing God. He's leading you. A spirit-led life. But look what it says. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. They're the sons and daughters. They're the children of God. This means everybody that's a child of God can, in fact, hear God. This is really good news. Also, it's provoking because it's like, I want to do more than know right and wrong Galatians and Ephesians. 
I, I want to know what Galatians and Ephesians. I also want to know how to be led by the Spirit of the Lord because truthfully, Galatians and Ephesians won't tell me how to respond to you in a conversation directly, specifically about the context of the conversation. Principles, be nice, don't slap, but not go this direction in this conversation, not lean into this, not do not say those words that sound like wisdom, don't say them. There, there are Bible verses. Don't say those Bible verses right now. You would never get that from the Bible. The Bible would just be the Bible. So you just say all Bible verses. You don't know how to have a spirit-led life just because you know the Bible. you got to learn how to be led by the Spirit. You want to be led by the Spirit. Assurance that God speaks. Let's jump in. <clears throat> just look at this. God's plan for the entire people of God. He is near to us. Deuteronomy 4, 7. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near? God is the God of the entire people of God. And in that hour, the entire people of God was Israel. He says, do you not understand that as my people, you guys get a serious perk? The other nations, they don't have me near to them. But you're my people. I am near to you. Well, if he's near, then he's close enough to interact. It's not just that he's close enough to interact. He has a voice. Hebrews 7, 14, and then also Hebrews 4, 7. Look at this. If we have come to share in Christ, that's us. If we hold firmly till the end, the confidence we had at first, just as, uh, as has as has. That's a hard thing to say. As has. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. This is New Testament theology. The author of Hebrews is saying, if you hear his voice, respond to his voice. Follow the direction, the leading, the guiding of the Lord. 4.7 says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, for the word of God is living and active. Now, the Word of God, we refer, to, we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, and it is. The author of Hebrews was probably making more of an approach to the prophetic leading of the Holy Spirit, saying in that moment, when you hear the voice of the Lord, there's something alive and active on that. Now, I believe that that's 100% true of the entire Bible, but the author of Hebrews was having a conversation about getting a prophetic word. He's saying, if you hear God's voice, it's alive and it's active. Listen to it. Walk in it. Operate according to the truths that you're, that you're getting. You can hear it. John 10, 3. Top of page, uh, or bottom of page 2, and then top of page 3. And then also John 10, what, 14, and then 27. Look at this. You can hear his voice. You can hear his voice. This is not for special Christians or people that have, you know, reached a certain age or maturity or baptized, not baptized. This is for everybody who believes in Jesus. You can hear his voice. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep out by name and he leads them out. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. It's referring to all the Gentiles that would come to know Jesus. They will listen to my voice. Even Gentiles, even the non-Jews are going to listen to the voice of God. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I love that Jesus made one of the primary teachings about hearing the voice of God about dumb creatures. This is the best. He didn't pick whatever the smartest animal would be. I don't know what that is. They're all a little lame to me. But whatever. Sheep are dumb. Have you ever looked at a sheep? Their, their tongue's out. They're like, their eyes are kind of wild and all over the place. They're ungroomed and just wild looking. They poop everywhere. They're just not that bright. Okay? They get lost and tangled in stuff. And Easy targets. Okay, sheep are just easy targets. Okay? And she's like, let's talk about sheep. Small brain, unable, they're just not the highest on the totem pole. I mean, in the pecking order, they're at the bottom of the barrel. He says, they can hear me. And when they hear me, they know it's me, and they do what I say. Because they understand the voice of the shepherd. I mean, do we understand this? this is like, this is actually almost a knock. I mean, this is Jesus actually kind of like a dig at us. I mean, it's like... He's like, listen, if sheep can do it, y'all can do it. All right? He says, I'm the good shepherd, and you're my sheep. You don't have to be special or tall or smart. You're my sheep, and my sheep will hear my voice, and they'll follow me. Oh, guys, this is the best news. This is really good news because it means that we can learn how to hear his voice. Not some, not the super saints, saved folk. Sheep. If you love him, you can hear him. But it's going to take some time. It's going to take some practice. You just have to put those two things together because the accusation in our heart, the accusation in much of the church, is if it's not easy to hear his voice, it must not be real and I'm done. And the Lord's like, you can hear my voice and it won't be easy. He says both. It's a process. There's a bit of mystical nature to it. You got to learn. But you can hear. The role of the Holy Spirit in all this. We just got to talk about this counselor thing for a second, okay? So we know the Holy Spirit's a counselor, right? What counselor have you ever heard of before that doesn't talk? How unhelpful. You walk into the counselor's office. He gives you no instruction. You sit down on the couch, and you're like, do I talk about my problems? Do I talk about my personality type? Do I, what do I do? You ask, and he just looks at you. No words. Unhelpful counselor. I'll be billing you. <laughs> counselors talk. The entire job description requires that a counselor talky, that he says words, that he speaks. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to talk to us. It's not all that he does. It's not all of his purpose, but it is a significant part of his job description. He is a counselor. Look at this. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. You know what testify means? Talk. The Holy Spirit will say stuff. <clears throat> John 16, 12. I have much more to say to you. Now, check this out. This is Jesus saying, I really, really, really want to communicate more information to you, but I can't, so I'm going to have to figure out a different way to communicate a lot of information to you because I really want to say a lot to you, but I can't. 
I got to find another way to communicate a lot of communication to you, a lot of information. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You know what guiding is? Talking, leading, conversation, nudging, guiding. Like that requires God interaction. This was Jesus' solution to him not being able to talk enough to everybody. He says, actually, I'll put my spirit in you and we'll fix this problem of too many words, too little time. He says, I'm going to put the spirit in you. The spirit of God in you will solve the word crisis. He will be in you and he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. The Holy Spirit speaks. That's how the truth gets to us. That's how the guidance gets to us. That's how the counseling gets to us. The Holy Spirit speaks. And he won't speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. That's more talking. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Guys, this is life-changing. The Spirit's job description, the reason Jesus sent the Spirit was to talk to you. <laughs> Guys, think about this for a second. There is something inappropriate happening if you have the Holy Spirit and he's not talking to you because you don't perceive it. Remember, he does speak. Now one way, now another, though you do not perceive it. There is something out of alignment. If you have the Holy Spirit and you're not he hearing him speak, it, there's something that's malformed. There's, there's something undernourished, underdeveloped. Because the word of God says, that's why God sent him. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to talk more. Jesus' ministry was talking and more. He was talking to people all the time. He goes, oh, man, I got to go. This is going to be tough. You guys are going to be stuck with no me talk. I know how to fix this. I'll put the Spirit of God in you, and then if you never have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ coming and showing up in your room, you can hear God talk all the time because the Holy Spirit won't say a different narrative. He'll only say what he's been told to say by God. So it's the same. And it's better because now you get access to the whole omnipresent thing. So you can be having a conversation with God right now that's completely different than the one I'm having, completely different than the one you're having, and we're all talking to him at the same time. And he's talking back. It's the role of God to talk. Guys, I'm hoping that we're stirring some faith here, that you're going, I can hear God. You sure can. That's the plan. The plan is for you to hear the voice of God. You just have to go on the journey and say, I will not be denied. I'll do whatever it takes. You do that, you'll get it. You don't do that, it's a gamble, and it's a, you lose the gamble most of the time. Press in. Refuse to be denied. All right, well, let's look what it says. He will teach us. Teaching is talking. 14.6, John 14.6. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit can teach you stuff. It says all things. So just only spiritual things? No, he can teach you math. The Holy Spirit can teach you. 
He could teach you a language. He could teach you anything. He could teach all things. What do you want to learn? Follow. Well, press in because the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. 1 John 2.27, the anointing abides in you. That's the Holy Spirit. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. This is now talking about the Holy Spirit indwelling and his ability to teach us all things. This is the exact same concept of what we just read in John chapter 4. It's John both times. Jesus being quoted in John chapter 4, and now John the Apostle later on writing an epistle saying more or less the same thing. He goes, hey, remember that thing Jesus said that the Holy Spirit teaches us? Yeah, yeah, the Holy Spirit teaches us. Same idea. He teaches us. If, if you're going to be taught, there has to be communication happening. He will reveal the future. Oh my gosh. This one tripped me up the most. When I was reading this, the first few times that it struck me, sometimes we read the Bible and it, we're reading words and it's not really touching us. We don't really know what we're reading, just kind of trying to get through the chapter. The first time or two I read this, it messed with me. I was like, this Bible verse says God wants to tell me the future. God wants to tell me the future. What in the world is that? Look what it says. When he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and not speak on his own and speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit can tell me what's going to happen tomorrow or a year from now or a, 10 years. <laughs> he will show you what is yet to come. He'll not only teach us, he'll show us the future. Oh my gosh, I want to know this guy. No one knows the future but God. And God knows the future and the Bible says he'll tell it to me. I can know the future? <laughs> this, is, this is incredible. All of the, you know, astronomy and all the whatever -y, it's all just a false narrative copying the truth. God actually does want to tell us the future. God. And we got it from him. So it's safe and it's the right of amount and, and the right subject matter that we're mature enough to handle and all those different things. He wants to tell us the future. That's unbelievable. He wants to lead us. Look at uh, the John passages, John 10, 3, and then 14, and then Isaiah Top of page four. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He leads them. Oh my gosh, this life in Christ. To have to make all of our decisions based only off of Bible principles. Bible principles don't tell me which job to take. They can inform some ideas, but sometimes God's plan is the exact opposite of what you would think it is he leads us his spirit leads us he says i call my sheep I, I call them into salvation and then i lead them i go walk ahead hey sheepy sheepy come over here now you're mine now you're part of my sheep thing now let's go and let's go do stuff and the sheep follow him to have a life led where the spirit of the lord is leading us and helping us to make decisions John 10, I know my sheep, they know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. They too will listen to my voice. 
listening and following his leadership. Isaiah 30, the Lord longs to be gracious to you, to show you compassion. Blessed are all who wait for him. <clears throat> I'll tie it back in later, but this, this verse says there's something connected to hearing God's voice and waiting for him. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying words. Saying words to you. Because you waited on him. Because you pressed in. Because you longed to hear. Because you cried out. He says he will respond. This is the way walking. He will lead you. He'll, he'll give you specific leadership direction about stuff in your life. I don't want to have to make decisions. I don't want for my life to mostly be me having to try to figure out, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I go there? Do I, am I in this situation? I, I want to be able to talk to God and get his counsel. He'll lead us. It's unbelievable. That, this makes life so different. Learning to hear God's voice changes your life because it's no longer just trying to figure out what decision is the best of three based off of your ability to perceive good. You now can go, Lord, where do you want me? And then, whether it's good, bad, or middle, according to our assessment, we know we're in the will of God. I'd rather be in the will of God than have my circumstances light and fluffy. He wants to tell us his secrets. This is too much. This is too much. This is crazier than the future. God has secrets. There's stuff that he's thinking that he's not planning to tell people. Secrets. That's what a secret is. He's like, you know what? You want it. I'll even tell you my secrets. Your secrets? You have like a secret treasure chest of secrets and secrecy? It's like, yeah. And I'll actually share those things with you. As you learn to hear my voice, I'll share those. Look what this says. Psalm 25, for the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it's great. Who then is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity. His descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. Confides. That's like, God is big, and we're little, and he's willing to share confidence, in confidence, let's confide, in confidence to share information with us that he doesn't even want us to share with anybody else. God will share stuff with us he doesn't want repeated, just to be a secret between us and God. He'll confide in us. I have this secret. I know this thing. I'm thinking this way. I've got these words. I've got these ideas. I'm going to share them with you, and I don't even want you to tell anybody. Oh, my gosh. What kind of relationship is this? Amos 3.7. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. He reveals his plan. The world doesn't know what God is thinking or what God is wanting. God knows, and God says, I won't do anything without telling somebody down there. Oh my gosh. 
God will share secrets. He'll share plans. He'll share the future. No wise man, enchanter, uh, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. God who will reveal mysteries. It's not enough that God knows mysteries. It's that God will talk to a human and explain the mystery to a human. It's a mystery. Who made it mysterious? God. And God's like, I made it mysterious on purpose. If you'll seek me, I'll actually tell you the mystery and it'll be mind-blowing to you. I will share my secrets. Even Luke 11, we know this passage well, but just think about what this means in, when it doesn't come immediately. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And who knocks, the door will be opened. Think about how this works related to hearing God's voice and asking him specifics about something. He says, I will reveal to you my plan. If you ask, seek, and knock, you will get it. But what if we don't get it the first time we say it, the first time we ask? What that means is God is willing to give the answer but not willing to give it easy. And he is willing to give it if you keep pressing in, meaning it's a secret on the front end until it isn't a secret anymore. He's willing to tell us stuff. Guys, I think that there's probably a billion things God is willing to tell you that we just haven't talked to him about yet. I think there's some things he won't reveal yet. I think there's some things he'll only reveal to certain people at certain times. I think there's all sorts of all those layers, but I bet you for any one of us, there's a billion things the Lord is willing to talk to us about that we haven't talked to him about yet, and so he hasn't talked. That's crazy. Ways God speaks. Now, this isn't intended to be exhaustive. I just want to kind of give you a little bit of a picture because some of you are going, okay, I, I want to press in. I want to go deeper in this. I'm dividing this up into kind of three categories. Hearing his voice, feelings in our spirit, and prophetic experiences. Okay, I'm just giving you kind of three, and you might categorize them different. That's okay. Hearing his voice. Two ways. Still small voice and audible voice. I can tell you I've never heard the audible voice of the Lord. I've heard an angel talk to me once or twice, and it was like my name, and that was it. It was like freaked me out enough. I can't imagine if he'd said more. I've never heard God's audible voice, but we all can hear his still small voice, the internal still small voice. Now, I just want to spend a minute on that. I don't know a better way to talk about it in a phrase. Still small voice, I like that phrase. I like it because still, there's a lot that we miss in stillness if we're not paying attention. Just think of a serene, you know, creek and, or let's go with pond. Serene pond, a little willow tree over. If you just walk past that still scene, you don't see the frog, you don't see the turtle, you don't see the ducks. You're just walking. It's a still scene. It requires close investigation. Small. Oh, we hate it. We want it to be big. We want everything bigger. Upsize that meal. But the Lord's like, I am willing to speak in a very small voice. Very, very missable. You could walk right past it. Ah, oh, that was just me. Just a voice in my head. 
I'm so busy. I got so much going on. I can't even hear still small because I've got so much going on up here. True. If there's so much going on up here, that's an actual giant hindrance to hearing God's voice. One of the reasons this generation struggles with hearing God's voice, we have got so much going on. So much activity, so much input, so much stuff bumping around in there that God's voice is speaking. It's just speaking really quietly. But there's so much noise and everything else going on, bumping around in our head, that a still small voice would never be discernible. Learning to hear the still small voice of God requires dialing down, quieting your mind, getting quiet before the Lord. It's a still, small voice, but it's a voice. It's the voice of God. He speaks in our heads. I want to encourage us to start listening to some of the voices in our heads. At least this one. But you got to learn how to discern it. you got to learn how to discern what's your voice, what's God's voice, and on occasion, what's the devil's voice. The devil really doesn't speak that much to us. He doesn't have to because we've already got this sin nature. We're speaking to ourselves plenty. The enemy speaks on occasion. We want to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. You dial down and figure out those three voices. Feeling in our spirit. Just give it this way. There's a number of ways God lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. If you've given your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. Of course you feel stuff, think stuff, have Holy Spirit stuff kind of in the midst of your ideas, your conversations, your feelings. Of course you have the Holy Spirit in the mix. Now, it doesn't mean he's the predominant voice. He doesn't mean he's the predominant push or the predominant emotion or the predominant thought. But if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you can't get away from the fact that the Holy Spirit is in your emotions. The Holy Spirit is in your mind. The Holy Spirit is in your will. The Holy Spirit is in your conscience. The Holy Spirit's in there. He lives in there. He's got his tentacles in everything. So we need to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit in the whole realm of our feelings. Because he's in there. Now, every feeling you have is not God. We all have a lot of feelings. I've felt some today. But I just know we're not the Lord. So don't go, if I felt it, it must be God. Let's go the other direction. If you felt that it's not God, figure out where God's at in there somewhere at 1%. There's impressions. Look at this says. Jude 1, dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation that we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to all the saints. This is author, this is Jude saying, I was eager to do this other thing, but I felt like I had to go a different direction. Just this feeling, just this little feeling of, I was going to write to you this, but as I started to write, I sat down. I just, I, I felt like I should go this direction instead of that direction. Oh, wow. Cool. Assurance of faith. Look at this. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled with, uh, sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Assurance of faith. There's times where you just know. You're just like, this is just, the Lord's just, this is that. How do you know? I don't know. I just, the Bible's language is, 
assurance of faith. I just know it's God. I don't know. I, it's the Lord. I don't. Did he talk to you? No. Well, how did you come to that? I just, I don't know. I just know. I just, it is. It just is. Man, what, that's great. Let's learn how to do that. <laughs> Let's learn how to press into that. Paul and his companions, oh wait, uh, a check or a peace in our spirit. This one is so easy. This one's probably the easiest way for you to hear God. Pray about something, and as you're praying, does it feel icky or does it feel ooey gooey? <laughs> it's so simple. Do you have a check in your spirit like, oh, I don't, uh, something, I don't know. And it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be at a, at a 10. It could be at a 1. But just as you're praying about something, you're just like, oh, oh, no. Or, same thing, you're praying about something, you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Just something, and that, that grows. If you'll keep praying about it, a one will turn into a two, and a two will turn into a three, and a three into a, you got it. Keep praying about it. Just a, something in your spirit, a check or a peace, that's the way I described it. Look at this, Acts 15. Can you imagine leading the early church this way? It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. They're about to lay down some of the most important doctrine for Gentiles. It's like, you know, we prayed about it, just, oh, it felt good to us. Holy Spirit, good with you. Yep, good with you. All right, let's do it. Doctrine. It's like, dang, that's intense. But there is something about that. Having that, just that check or something in your spirit. It's like, man, I don't, I don't know. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. What, what does it look like when you come to a border and the Spirit of Jesus won't allow you? You're just walking, walking, yeah, you can't cross that boundary line. I just can't. I just, why not? I don't, it's bad. I don't know. I can't, that's bad. If I go that way, it's bad. It's like, okay, we were kept by the whole, from the Holy Spirit from preaching in this area, and now the Spirit of Jesus won't let us do this. What does that look? It's just a check in your spirit. You're just like, no. Just no. <laughs> I just, or just yes. Just and again, this, I'd call this a 1 to 10. <laughs> you can get it all, all the way up from 1 to a 10. Is this a, is this a level 1 no or a level 10 no? This is a 10. Or a, it's a 1. Level 1 yes or a level no or what level 10 yes. It, and everywhere in between. Just getting a check in your spirit or just a peace. Like, yeah, I think it's the Lord. That's, a God, that's God talking. Conscience bearing witness. Look at this. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. I am telling you the truth. I'm an apostle. I'm telling you what's real. How do you know, Paul? My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. In my spirit, as I testify these things, I know that it's right. My conscience is bearing witness that this is truth, that this is accurate. The Holy Spirit lives in my conscience. He lives all up in my, in my goo. He's all up in me. My conscience is bearing witness that this is actually truth. I'm saying it, I know it's true, and my conscience is confirming it. Now, that's a bit more mysterious, but just giving you the word here. I'm actually not even going to touch prophetic encounters. You can look at that later. Dreams, visions, pictures in your head, all that stuff's good. I'm going to give some personal testimonies. 
And again, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to talk about early days and, and early years and some kind of easy stories. We have many stories around here of the Lord's leadership and crazy you know, direction, all the ways that he leads. <laughs> but I want to go back to when I was 20, 21, 22, 32, 34, 25, and just share some of those stories, okay? Uh, I was doing youth ministry, and I was trying to get to uh, one of my uh, friend's house and uh, to do a Bible study over at their house. And I'd been to their house one time before, and I thought I knew how to get there. I was sure, until I wasn't. And I'm in this neighborhood, and I'm driving around for 15 minutes, and I can't find the dude's house. And I am frustrated. It's 15 minutes. Literally, I've driven up and down every street. Now, this was pre-cell phones, okay? Or, well, it was, cell phones existed, but I couldn't afford one in that season. So anyway, so I don't have a cell phone in my pocket. And, uh, and I'm, I'm driving around, and I get so frustrated. I'm just like, this is dumb. And I pull over, and I know I'm in this whole season. It was during that season of time where I was pressing in to hear God's voice, pressing in. And I stopped probably expecting nothing to happen, if I can be honest. And I stopped and I prayed and I said, God, where's his house? And I wasn't like, help me in some sort of, I don't know, mystical way. I'm like, tell me how to get to man house. I want to know. And as soon as I prayed that, as soon as I prayed that, I heard him say, take your first left, an immediate right, and it'll be the second house on the right. And I was like, well, that's either God and real, or I don't even know, and I'm going to be real mad if this is now a new piece of having to process the voices in my head, okay? Because I heard real specifically. So I was like, well, okay. So I took my first left, an immediate right, and it was the second house in there. I was like, I'll be darned. You told me right where the house was. Wow. I don't need GPS I just need the Holy Spirit and a little bit of faith and dial down. But it got better. There was another time. This was a few years later. <clears throat> this was maybe the most specific prophetic word I've ever gotten in my life, maybe. If not, it's darn close, okay? I'm praying for a friend. I was just in a prayer time, you know, whatever, the morning routine or whatever. I'm praying for a friend. And I really felt the Lord in the prayer time highlight that he wanted to encourage this person. And I was like, Okay, and I was like, well, what do I do? And as soon, I, I was like, how do you want me to encourage them? And I felt like the Lord gave me some specific, you know, words or, or words of encouragement or whatever. And then, right then, I heard the Lord give me the crazy, I'm just going to read it because I'll read it better than saying it. I was praying and I felt the Lord wanted me to give them an encouraging word. So I asked and I instantly heard the Lord give me detailed directions of where their car was going to be that day. Not just to the parking lot, but step-by-step -step directions to the exact parking spot that their car would be up at the TCC parking lot, the TCC uh, South Campus, okay? There were multiple lots at TCC, and I'm guessing a couple thousand parking spots. I don't know. That's just my made-up number. I don't know how many parking spots there are, but there's a lot, and there's multiple lots. From my home, I heard the Lord give me specific directions to the lot I was turn to turn into, then to use the second entrance into that lot, then to take an immediate left turn when I got into the entrance, then to duck down the second row of cars, and it would be the second parking space on the left. I was like, this is ridiculous. I remember being confident this wasn't God and driving over there going, I am such an idiot. 
I remember, I'm driving over there going, there is no chance on the planet the car is in that parking spot. That just cannot possibly be real. The car was in that exact parking spot. I didn't miss one detail. I nailed it perfectly. I didn't have to drive around. I was like, oh, second row on the left. None of that. No, right to the parking spot. I got out of the car. I just left this encouraging note, and I drove away just befuddled. I was like, I cannot believe you speak to people. You speak. God speaks. Do you, that was so I could just, like, help my friend have a better day. This wasn't like, you know, for the nations or, you know, for the ministry. This is like Tuesday. It's just Tuesday. It's just a friend on a Tuesday. And God's like, oh, yeah, I like friends on Tuesdays. I can do that. I can totally do that. This is the most practical thing you could possibly learn how to do. Learn how to hear God speak. It is beneficial in every area of life. Okay, I was doing youth ministry. Again, I'm trying to give you early days in Christ because I... I, it doesn't matter what's happening now. I want you to learn and hear stories that were happening, you know, when I was learning how to hear this stuff, how to hear the voice of the Lord. I was doing youth ministry, and there was a group of students that I prayed for every single day. And this one morning, I'm praying for them, and all of a sudden, this group of three students, three girls, that they were a, a group of friends, they stood out to me, and I felt the Lord tell me clearly they were at a party this last weekend. This one did this, this one did this, this one did this. I want you to tell them I'm jealous for relationship with them and that they need to stop playing games and they need to come to me and they need to start living their life for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like really confrontational and like this church doesn't believe in that stuff. <laughs> like... I don't even know what to do about that. So I, it was whatever. A couple days later, they were at some youth function, something. And I got one of the female youth leaders, because it's three girls. I said, hey, come with me. Just, I, just, I need to just kind of encourage these girls to live for Jesus, and then maybe you can pray for them or something. And so, so she does not know what's about to happen. And so I, I bring her, and I just remember we're in this back area or whatever, and, and uh, the three of them, and I go, I go uh, girls, um, the Lord was talking to me about you three this morning as I was praying for you, or yesterday morning, whatever it was. And they're like, okay. I said, the Lord is jealous for you, and he wants you to, to leave the party life. He wants you to get out of that. And they're like, what? Party life? We don't party. I was like, yeah, you do. And they're like, no. I was like, last weekend, one, two, three. And they go, <gasps> he's a prophet. How did he know that? Get him out of here. We don't, what is it? We don't. And they start freaking out. I've never seen people freak out so much about a prophetic word before because because i told him god is jealous for you he wants relationship he's telling you this now because he wants you to turn away from that and get serious about jesus and his relationship this is actually his giant invitation and they start crying they start like i mean they're like they're moved by this because the lord can speak it wasn't so that i could look cool it wasn't so that so that I could have a prophetic story. This was so that those girls could see the zeal of God for their life. Sometime later, I don't remember, there was the same group of students that I was praying for every day. By the way, if you want to grow in the prophetic, start having some prayer lists. And start praying over those things every single day. The Lord will speak to you. He gives him more information to his intercessors that he can trust. So same group or same list, but it's a different girl in the youth group. Now, those girls, I could have probably told you they were in the party crowd just knowing them. This girl was like the gem of the youth group. 
This girl was like the one that never did anything wrong and like was just living the perfect life, so everybody thought. And I thought, I mean, I knew her well. I mean, like, just like, you just didn't think this was going on. And one morning, I felt like the Lord, as I'm praying for her, says, I need you to talk to so-and-so. And she started sleeping with her boyfriend. I was like, oh, I don't really believe that. But okay, really? Because <laughs> that it's got to be your best friend. That can't, it just can't be that one. It just can't be. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'll be a fool for Christ. I mean, I'll just do it. And so I see her sometime later that week. And, and I, uh, let me read how I wrote it down here. I knew her parents well. This was so, pa- this was like a big gamble. This was like, not good. Uh, I told her I'd been praying for it and that the Lord dropped into my heart that she was in immorality and she immediately began to weep. She told me that her and her boyfriend had just started messing up and that she wanted out so bad, but she didn't know how to. So it's like she, this just started happening, like, like within that week kind of a thing. And here's the Lord trying to say, I see you. I want to help you out. I want to show you I'm there. I see you. I love you. And it, it helped her. I mean, she was just, I mean, but weeping immediately. It was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord can do this. All right, so many, many of you guys know this story. Some of you don't. So this was back in the living room days. <clears throat> and one day, Computers, who was my roommate at the time, him and Pancake, they have real names, but we don't call them by that. <clears throat> so Computers is, a, is living in my house, and one day he just disappears, like doesn't come home from work. And we're like, where's Pewters? Like, what? Where's the dude? He lives here. He better pay rent this month. And so he, he didn't come home. And so we're like, we get, we don't get really concerned until the next day. But like it would, it was so unlike him to straight up not come home. Like we, that had never happened before. So the next day we're like, hey, and we ask around, hey, do you heard from it? Was he hanging out with you last night? We're getting nothing. And we're like, okay, sometime that day or maybe the next, we start calling hospitals and jails. Okay? Because we're like, this isn't good. But it's weird because the whole time, the whole time I'm like, I want to know where my friend is, but like, he's fine. I'm like, I don't know where he is, but like, he's okay. He's not dead or some crazy. So I was just, I don't know. I just, I have a knowing. And I'm like, I know this dude is okay. And people are like, why aren't you more freaked out? You know, like you're a leader in his life and he lives at your house. And like, what you? I'm like, I don't know where he is. I just know he's okay. And I'm talking to his parents, and his parents are just not okay with that response. Like, well, we don't know he's okay. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm, try- I'm trying to be. I mean, we're calling hospitals. We're calling. I mean, we're doing what we're doing. Tried to trace his steps and stuff. This goes on for like four days. And like, nobody has heard anything. Not a word. And people are really starting to get worried. And I'm just not. I'm just I'm actually trying to get worried because I know that's what everybody wants me to do. But I'm like, I don't know where he is. I don't know. He's fine. How can you be? I just feel like God's like, he's fine. I don't know. Well, it's like day five or something, maybe even six. And we find out this dude has been arrested by the one, uh, by the one police force, one local Precinct, that's right. One precinct we haven't called. We haven't called Grand Prairie. We called Arlington. We called Mansfield. We called Dallas because we knew he was going to Dallas and all that stuff. 
Apparently, the dude has been picked up. These police officers were just really in a tough mood or something. They picked him up, and they actually put him in jail for an unpaid parking ticket. And he's in jail. He's straight up in jail for an unpaid parking ticket for days. Because at this point, he made his one phone call, and it, like, it didn't work or like the oh I think he he left a voicemail for his parents like he called the one phone call you get he left a voicemail for his parents but like the answer machine got deleted or something some like comedy of errors so literally nobody knows what's going on with this dude he's been in jail and this whole time he's like he's he he doesn't have an ability to pay for it but it's like they're letting him in there the whole, every day that he's in there it's paying time or paying money off of his his ticket, so he's he's just decided he's like, I well, he didn't, he used his one phone call. He's stuck. He's just stuck. We find him. We find out about this, and I have the best picture ever of this dude in an orange jumpsuit on the other side of this glass wall. I was like, hey, bro, got arrested, did you? <laughs> this poor dude has been in jail for four days, and no one knew, and he's happy. He's like, He's made some friends in there, you know. He he doesn't have to pay for the ticket because he's he's sat it out, you know. It's like, oh my gosh, and so he's jovial as can be, totally happy, good to go, in a fine mood, totally not in harm, and like we find out, you know, we get him out or whatever, and and the story is he was fine the whole time. He just it just things just whatever they just didn't land right or whatever. So I don't right, just it's just tough. It's a tough one. Okay, so last story I'll give you, and then we'll wrap this up pretty quick. So worship leader, you can come on up. So one day I'm praying, and uh, all of a sudden, the Lord just drops this friend into my heart uh, that I hadn't talked to in about a year. Maybe it had been longer, at least a year. And, and so, you know, we don't get to hang out very often. He lives in Denton. And I'm just, I'm praying for him. And all of a sudden, I feel like the Lord just says just a couple of real simple things. He says, hey, I want you to call so-and-so and, and encourage him to read the book of Acts and to read this specific book, Surprised by the Voice of God, by Jack Deere. That is a book I had read some time ago or whatever. And I was like, that's really specific and kind of weird. And I haven't talked to the dude in a year, but okay. So right there, right there while I'm praying, I call him right there. And I go, hey, dude, you know, you know Brad, it's been a long time. He goes, hey, man, what's going on? I go, bro, I was praying for you. And I really felt like the Lord said that he wanted you to read the book of Acts in this season. Like he really wanted you to read the book of Acts. And then also, have you ever heard of this book, Surprised by the Voice of God by Jack? I just felt like the Lord told me he wanted you to read that book. He goes, bro, you are not going to believe this. I go, what? He goes, I'm reading Acts right now. He said, I've been feeling like I was supposed to read the book of Acts, but I've just been kind of dragging my feet. And so, I, but I felt like the Lord was like, this season, I need to like really be an Acts. He said, I just started like a, an hour ago. I'm reading the book of Acts right now. I go, that is really cool. He goes, and then that book, he goes, man, I'm just mad about that now. I go, what? He goes, I'm mad at you. I go, why? He goes, someone gave me that book. It's been on my shelf for months. I didn't want to read it because I wasn't sure I believed it. And here you are telling me to read that exact book that I've been like saying I'm not going to read. He goes, I guess I'm going to read it. Why do I share these stories? We need to ask for more of the Holy Spirit because he'll give us more. 
The Lord will share more information with us if we talk to him, if we eagerly desire his voice, if we'll wait on him, if we'll listen. We didn't get to it. There's a lot more in the notes here on the tail end that actually give some practical instruction. So if you're like, okay, great, you just left me hanging. You're like, I need to do it. And you didn't tell me anything about how to do it. There's more on how to here at the tail end of this, uh, this teaching tonight. But here's, here's the thing. As a forerunner community, we want to be those that press in for the voice of the Lord. They know how to hear him. We want to be those that are learning not only what the word of God says, but having the Holy Spirit teach us as we read the word of God. We want to get divine revelation about the end times. We want him to be speaking and leading. And I want to encourage all of you, you can learn how to hear the voice of the Lord, but you got to press in. And here's my final point. Wherever you're at in this journey, unless you feel like you've already done this and you've given a ton of energy, and this has been seasons of your life, if you're either in the category of this is new information or this is unfinished business, we'll call it that, I want to encourage you, do whatever you have to do to press in to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord in this season of your life. Don't wait for another season. Don't wait. Don't wait. It only gets harder. The longer you go without, the more content you are to continue. Refuse to go without. Refuse to be rejected. Refuse to be refused. And press in for the voice of the Lord. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.